Soccer Weekly ESPN LA 710. I am Dave Denholm hanging out with you here on the home of world football in Southern California. And we jump right into it. MLS playoffs. The race is heating up, as you know, getting crazier and crazier week in and week out in MLS. Of course, LAFC still battling for positioning in the West, though they have not officially secured a playoff spot. And the Galaxy continue to make me look like a fool and a liar as they get another 3-0 victory, this time against Vancouver Whitecaps. I actually saw the Whitecaps at the airport leaving after they were dumped by the Galaxy, and they didn't really look... You you can't make anything of that, but, uh, you know, it wasn't a good weekend for the Vancouver Whitecaps, but it was for LA Galaxy with that victory at home, pushing them to 8-4-4 at home on this season, above 500. At 12, 11, and 8, they're on 44 points, just two points back now of RSL for the final playoff spot. Sounders are only three ahead of the Galaxy, but they do have a game in hand. Timbers on 48 points. LAFC on 50 points. Sporting KC at 52, and FC Dallas, the only team to clinch a spot in the Western Conference playoffs at 54 points. All three of those top teams have four games left. Portland only has three. So it is just absolutely nip and tuck. LAFC coming off a an awful loss in Chicago. Make no bones about it. It was a bad performance. The team knows it. Everybody knew it. 3-1 loss to a team that was already eliminated in the playoffs. And honestly, Chicago was up 3-0. Wasn't even that close. Before a really nice goal by Diego Rossi was just essentially just a consolation prize. So there's everything to still play for for LAFC and the Galaxy. Now... If you look at this Western Conference, I know things get tight around the playoff times for most of the time. You know, most teams are still in it for a while because of the way MLS does it. Six teams out of the East with only 11 teams. Six teams out of the West with only 12 teams. But man, it has been a while since you've seen this top to bottom one to seven in the West. I mean, more like two to seven now that FC Dallas is qualified. Separated by only eight points. Second place to seventh, separated by eight points. Certainly a lot different in the East with Atlanta and New York Red Bulls battling way above everybody else. NYCFC looks locked and comfortable in the third spot. They're already a lock for a playoff spot. Columbus, Philly battling for fourth and fifth, essentially. And then Montreal's in sixth with DC United breathing down their neck with two games in hand and only three and two points behind. Revolution have a chance. On 35 points. And technically, Toronto has not been eliminated, although they are just about done. So it's all about the Western Conference. And no two teams are more wrapped up in it than the Galaxy and LAFC. And I keep pointing back and forth to it that if you're LAFC, it's all well and good to have only one loss at home. But, boy, those six draws, six draws at home for LAFC, that is the most in MLS. Now, I know, of course, they also have eight wins and only one loss, so it hasn't been bad at home by any means. Bank of California Stadium has been a fortress at times. But I think you're going to have to look back and say some of those draws needed to be the full three. And you can never play this game too consistently, but if you look at it, eight, one, and six, you take two of those draws, turn them into wins, that's four more points. All of a sudden, they're tied atop the West with FC Dallas. So they're not far behind, and they're not missing it by much. A plus-12 goal difference is spectacular at this time of year. 
That's fifth in MLS. That's not shabby at all. That will get the job done, generally speaking. But there are just little areas that LAFC need to improve on. It's another test here against another team who's been eliminated on the road. LAFC going to Colorado. You'll hear it on the uh, ESPN app. I'll be calling that game. But that's crucial. Absolutely crucial. And if you're LAFC and you're planning on getting things going for the playoffs, right? That's what everybody talks about in MLS. Gearing it up for the playoffs. You've got to win these games on the road against teams that are inferior. Absolutely inferior. Colorado is a mess. They're not any good. They're 6-18-6. That's pretty hard to do in MLS. You have to thrash them. No two ways about it. And LAFC knows this. We're going to be talking with Vince LaRosa coming up. LAFC Vince, who's part of the digital department at LAFC, writes all the good stuff at LAFC.com. By the way, a Galaxy playing Sporting Kansas City on the road. So that is a massive game in the West. Taking them on on Saturday as well. Kickoff just a little bit before the Colorado LAFC kickoff, which is set for a little after 6 o'clock Pacific for Colorado LAFC. So it's going to be a big weekend. Huge weekend for MLS. And, you know, Major League Soccer, MLSsoccer.com has an interesting list that comes out. And they changed it this time. It used to be 24 under 24, meaning the top 24 players who are under the age of 24. They changed it to the 22 who are under 22. And I think that's due in large part because of uh, the targeted allocation money and the general allocation money, the TAM and JAM. Well, I like to call it GAM. TAM and GAM, they've changed a lot in MLS. So uh, the league is getting younger. Good, solid players, both Americans who have come up through the system, maybe homegrown players, and guys that have been signed from overseas that have been brought in. And it's really changed the league. And I love the 22-22. Now, on Wednesday, earlier today, MLSsoccer.com, with their staff, released numbers 22 through 11. So they're going to release the top 11 tomorrow, but... If you look at the list, and I'll go through it with you a little bit. It starts off with a couple of Philadelphia Union players, Derek Jones and Mark McKenzie, nice young players. Jalen Lindsay's got a good future with Sporting Kansas City. Andrew Carlton's shown some flashes. 18th is the youngster Pablo Arangis, the 21-year-old at FC Dallas just brought in recently. 17th on the list, LA Galaxy midfielder Efrain Alvarez. And he's 16 years old. The reason I think he's 17th on the list, he hasn't played a minute for LA Galaxy yet. Of course, he's played in the USL with Galaxy 2. And he has split, you know, he goes off and plays for the Mexican youth national teams. And the reason he's 17th is he hasn't played a minute in MLS, as I mentioned. He is as talented as anybody on the list. If you have not watched the Galaxy's Efrain Alvarez over the last couple of years, you are missing out. He is an absolutely pure soccer player. There are no two ways about it. The goals he scores are spectacular. The moves he makes, the brain, the intelligence, the soccer IQ is all there. And he doesn't remind me of anyone. He is unique if you watch Efrain Alvarez play. Still a chance he could play for the United States. Oh boy, I gotta tell you, 
whoever he decides to play for at the national team, like the full national team level, look out. It doesn't matter who, he's going to be good. He's as talented as anybody on the list. Oh, by the way, you know all the things I talk about as a 16-year-old? Well, there's a 21-year-old who's at number 16 on the list who's pretty darn good himself. LAFC's first person on the list was Eduardo Tuesta at number 16. And I've been talking about this guy all year. LAFC have been dynamic with him on the pitch. He is so smooth and so good and such a, a bulldog. You know, he's been on yellow card peril for weeks. And it's like he knows it because he's basically, he will not get that next yellow. <laughs> he's just so smart. He plays the game so well, sees the field. When Mark Anthony K went down, it disrupted the LAFC midfield. And yet Atuesta became just that rock to make sure everything was solid. Brooks Lennon's at 15, Chris Durkin at 14, and at number 13, Andre Horta comes in. The midfielder, age 20, plays for the uh, Portuguese U21s a lot. And, of course, he's LAFC's midfielders just now starting to break through. He's got all the skills. I've talked about how LAFC, if they're going to go far in the MLS Cup playoffs, Andre Horta's name is going to have to be called a lot by me and others when we do those games. I just don't see any other way. He's going to have to be a major force by the time that big playoff run comes. Now, I'm not trying to put all the pressure on him. He's still trying to acclimate himself. Bob Bradley's still trying to find the right ways to use him, when to use him. I get it. He's a kid. He's 20 years old. Still pretty young. Now, that's not soccer young. But he's just getting over here and just getting used to MLS. The sky is the limit for the kid. Yes, it was a huge transfer fee. They brought him over from Portugal. He's just that good. Twelfth is Milton Valenzuela from Columbus Crew. So already you're seeing some really good names. Then at number 11, right? They stopped at 11, actually. They're going to reveal 1 through 10 tomorrow. Number 11, LAFC's Latif Blessing, the 21-year-old. The Ghanaian has done everything for LAFC. You want him to start and play well? Done. You want him to come off the bench and play well? He does that too. You want him to dominate in the U.S. Open Cup? He did that. Latif Blessing is just an absolute dynamic team player. And that's what I've loved about him all season long. He just goes out and works. So out of the top, what, 22 to 11, the first 12 players listed, one Galaxy player, Efrain Alvarez, so good, and then Eduardo Tuesta, Andre Horta, and Latif Blessing for LAFC. We know that players 10 to 1, Diego Rossi has to be involved, right? At least. I mean, come on. Absolutely loaded with young talent are the wings. The black and gold, just absolutely loaded. You know who's not loaded? How about uh, Man United? Manchester United, not loaded for bear. We will definitely be taking a look at the Champions League coming up later in the show. Still to come, LAFC Vince. Vince LaRosa going to join us. You can check him out at Twitter, at LAFC Vince. We're going to talk black and gold breakdown and what's going on there. Plus, we'll take a little bit deeper look at MLS and the Champions League, as promised. All of that still to come. I am Dave Donahomey. You are listening to Soccer Weekly on the home of world football in Southern California. This is ESPN LA 710. Soccer Weekly ESPN LA 710. I am Dave Denholm. It's presented by Puente Hills Toyota. Get your new 2018 Toyota Camry SE today at Puente Hills Toyota. Check them out, Puente Hills Toyota. 
Com. Still to come, stoppage time later in the show. I'll also talk about the U.S. men's national team roster. But as promised, it's time for the Black and Gold Breakdown. One, two, three, breakdown! It's the Black and Gold Breakdown. Breakdown. Break it down like this. Breakdown. And the man we promised to deliver on that Black and Gold Breakdown is the great Vince LaRosa at LAFC Vince on Twitter. He's one of my favorites. Vince, thanks so much for taking the time. Welcome to your second appearance here on Soccer Weekly, buddy. Great. Thank you so much, Dave. I, I love coming on, so I'm glad that uh, you got me on again. Very cool. Hey, uh, Vince, not the coolest of games over the weekend for LAFC. It's a tricky time of the year, certainly, as the uh, MLS playoffs, uh, you know, races are heating up and everything else. That was a real uh, that was a real bummer. I'm not going to lie. That Chicago performance was not really a performance by the Black and Gold. Yeah, I mean, I have to agree with you, and it. There's not much to honestly break down. If if you really look at it, you just kind of look at the effort levels. You look at the reactions to things because at the end of the day, 10 minutes in, Diego Rossi has a has a chance to put LFC ahead, which would be a dream start on the road. Um, and then it turns around, there's a wonder goal on the other end, then quickly a penalty, and, and it just seemed like LFC never got up to speed with the game that was happening in front of them. No excuses. What was your thoughts on the penalty, though? The penalty for me is a little soft, but I even put this kind of in my, my write-up. The real concern for me is the fact that a player, you know, you basically have Schweinsteiger, who's the only player that can really pick you apart. He has an, the ability to just stay on the ball, find a player, and then a guy makes a run about 30 yards, and you have to have Betashore kind of try to last-ditch bail out the, the midfield. Yeah. I mean, that, that's the real concern for me. I mean, you can say what you want. You know, it's a soft penalty. It's not, not that great of a, of a call, but... Uh, you have to look at your team and say you just weren't ready for the moment. We're talking with Vince LaRosa. Of course, he works at LAFC.com with the black and gold. He's at LAFC Vince on Twitter. Vince, uh, something that is alarming me, not alarming me, but it's it's to be expected, I guess, is people are starting to see a blueprint, I think, on how to approach and defend LAFC. It's put a lot of people behind the ball. It's not just about counterattacking LAFC, but rather just choking off any kind of service up front it's causing some grief for the number nines, is it not? Yeah, and it's about it's about being a little rough with LAFC too. I mean, there's there's no doubt about it. If you can play a little bit physical, uh, you can really knock this team off its game a little bit because it's predicated on timing. It's predicated on movement. So any kind of little digs you can take at those midfielders or at those players like Carlos Vela or Diego Rossi, you can throw off the rest of the team's timing. And uh, I have to agree with you. I think they need to kind of get back to – that physical presence, they kind of picked up a little bit in that last Galaxy game. Galaxy kind of really pushed them around, especially when they went ahead. And the response that LAFC had where they were standing up for teammates, um, they were really kind of getting stuck in a little bit. I know that's a cliche, but they were they were upping their level physically. That's what we kind of need to see again. And that, that goes to this kind of Chicago performance. It, it needs to be up of the level, and that's that's kind of a personal responsibility of each player on the field. Well, the good news is when you're on 50 points and you're battling for – a playoff by you're going to pick nits sometimes as analysts here and we're trying to find some things to talk about but they still are in great shape 14 8 and 8 and it's still a team that really has uh has high hopes no question about it but you got to get this win against Colorado talk a little bit about this game Vince this to me I don't care you're going to altitude I don't care what the excuses are you have to beat the Rapids yeah, I mean, it's kind of weird to say a must-win, right, for a team that's in third place and, Absolutely. and looking pretty good in its first season. But I, I have to agree with you. I mean, you've got to create some kind of momentum, and you've got to stem the tide of what 
what you said. It seems like teams have started to figure out LAFC, so you've got to kind of change that narrative. You've got to flip it on its head, um, and you've got to start putting into performances because, you know, we're getting into the schedule where not only is it down the stretch, but we're coming up to really where everyone, I think, has kind of circled that last game and said that game against Sporting KC, you're going to have to be at your best. You're going to have to be playoff ready because that's going to mean something going into the playoffs for seeding. And then from there, you can have like a real platform to, to play your best. Yeah, I mean, bottom line is LAFC, depending on how the weekend goes, could be in second place in the West or fifth, depending on how things uh, shape up. So, you know, it is a, it is certainly precarious, at, to say the least, in the Western Conference, which is fantastic. It's great for the fans. Uh, Vince, let me ask you about LAFC in terms of that number nine. Where where do they find the answer? You know, Diamande was so red hot when he got here. Dio's just had, you know, kind of those nagging injuries at times that I think have really slowed him. Christian Ramirez gets to two goals in one game, then he's not quite been able to get on the end of a few crosses. And you're also talking about Marco Reina, who has struggled in MLS play, finally gets that first goal, but, you know, certainly has set up plenty of goals. Where do they go? Do they do they need an established number nine in the sense that does Bob Bradley just have to pencil somebody's name in every time, or can they live with kind of finding the guy who might be hot on any given day? You know, I think there there doesn't have to be a, a number one per se, but what you do need is a guy that gives you chemistry, and that's what's really lacking with Dio as of lately. Him and Carlos just don't seem to be matching up, and you need you need that link up between the midfield, which is LAFC's reference point. It is what gets them going forward and, and in defense, and if you, as a center forward, can't help link up that play and can't create chances, it's, it's just not going to work for you whether you are considered the number one striker. So, I think more than anything, they just really need that chemistry so that they can kind of take the pressure off the guys like Diego Rossi, take the pressure off guys like Carlos Vela, and give them the space that they need to create in. And that, in turn, will then reopen up space for that number nine. I'm talking with one of our favorites, Vince LaRosa of LAFC, at LAFC Vince on Twitter. Vince, I, I, I imagine you saw it, the 22 under 22 on MLSsoccer.com. It's one of my favorite features every year. They've changed it a little bit now with the dropping the age because of, I believe, you know, Tam and Gam and all that stuff and bringing in so many young players in MLS that are well under 24, so they lowered the age of 22. And wouldn't you know it, uh, Vince, they uh, released the first 12 names, and you could basically put together an LAFC squad out of this, at least a midfield for sure, with Eduardo Tuesta, Andre Horta, and then at number 11, Latif Blessing. So, And you got to figure Diego Rossi's in the top 10, clearly. Uh, this is an amazing amazing feat for a first-year team. Uh, what are your thoughts on this list already with LAFC just being so dominant? Yeah, if you're an LAFC fan, you got to love looking at the fact that your team is predicated on some youngsters that can really grow into the system, really grow. You can grow with them. As the team's growing, as, as the years are putting on the LAFC and the club is, is growing, you've got players that you can grow with. And uh, I, What I really love about that list is they got Edward Atuesta. I mean, that's a guy that I think it's probably an unsung hero uh, for a lot of people. Maybe not a name that everyone across MLS knows or should know, um, but he's a player that he, he's just a player. Like he goes out there. He's not a huge name. Hasn't, you know, hasn't a uh, big transfer fee on him, but he just goes out there and he plays and he's, he's really been a revelation for LFC. And I think that he's one of those players that. Uh, when he's at his best, LFC is at their best. Yeah, I don't disagree with that at all. I've been pointing that out for a while. I'm pretty sure my stats are correct. When he starts, uh, they're eight, two, and five. 
So, and that includes that loss to Chicago, which certainly wasn't just his fault by any means, but he only did get 45 right. minutes in that one. They had to go more offensive in the second half. But yeah, so we're talking about eight, two and five as a record in his 15 starts. That's pretty good. I mean, that's, uh, that's about as good as it gets in terms of MLS over a longer period of time and making those 15 starts. Of course, he's missed a little bit of time with injury. I've been saying it, Vince. He's been on yellow card peril what seems like the whole season, and he still hasn't gotten that next yellow. So you know he's got a little bit of discipline in him. At times he has to be the tough guy. But I agree with you. I think Atuesta is just absolutely gone from a guy who you didn't know what you're going to get necessarily, bringing in a young player. Certainly Thorington and his staff, John knew what he was doing. But let's talk about Andre Horta, Vince. I believe that as Andre Horta goes, so goes LAFC in the playoffs. Now, that's not to say, of course, you're going to need something from Carlos Vela, but you're going to get that. You're going to need Diego Rossi to play well. You're going to get that, I suspect. Andre Horta is the great X factor, and if LAFC wants to win MLS Cup, i got to believe he's going to be a big factor, Vince. Am I wrong on that? No, I mean, I have to agree with you. You know, we've, we've actually had this conversation a few times, and, and we're both kind of on agreement with it. If Especially if you look at, like, let's just take Toronto last year. Of course you've got Giovinco. Of course you've got Altidore. And they both played high, to a high level, also Michael Bradley. But then you have a guy like Victor Vasquez that's just a wild card where if teams are keying in on those main guys yeah. and leaving someone like, let's say, Andre Horta to, to beat them, and he steps up and he does what we know he's capable of and the talent that he has, then, yeah, he's, he's your X factor. He's your player that, that can break open games when you're least expecting it and if he can kind of find this vein of form, kind of really just kind of wedge himself in there, he's he's had his growing pains. But if he can go out there and also it's it's his skill set, right? In the, in the playoffs, it's it's going to come down to individual battles. And Andre has you know a shot from distance that could really open up a game. And also is quite a, a dribbler. I call him a combative dribbler, where he's going to go into tight spaces. He'll he'll go into a crowd of people and come out the other side. You're going to need some of that in the playoffs. Uh, Vince LaRosa, always fun to talk to you. Check him out at LAFC Vince, at LAFC Vince on Twitter. Check his workout at LAFC.com. Vince, hey, performance number two, top notch, baby. You're one of my, uh, you're one of my top, uh, five under 40. Let's just say that. How about that? Love it. I appreciate it. Hopefully I can be your X Factor in the playoffs as well. I feel bad because Vince is probably like 22 years old himself. So I don't know, Vince. You got the tats. You look a little older. You look tough. Maybe you're a little bit older than 22. I didn't want to take that chance. But thanks so much, Vince. Appreciate it, buddy. No problem, Dave. The great Vince LaRosa. I am Dave Denholm. Hey, we are rolling on. Mike Trudell going to talk a little Man United, his favorite team, and a mess that they are, plus still stoppage time to come, and the U.S. men's national team have a roster for a couple of friendlies. All of that and so much more. I am Dave Dunholm. This is Soccer Weekly on the home of world football in Southern California. It's ESPN LA 710. Soccer Weekly, ESPN LA 710. I am Dave Dunholm, and you are listening to the home of world football here in Southern California. And I wanted to join uh, this gentleman to join me, and I really appreciate him taking the time. He is the great Mike Trudell co-host of the awesome World Cup show that we did all summer long, Mike. That's right. We're back. We're back, Dave. Yeah, good to talk to you again, buddy. This is always a pleasure for me to talk football with you. Now, this might not be so pleasurable yeah, what I'm about th- to bring th- up. That's what I was going to say, because I know where you're going with this, and <laughs> I'm already feeling a little upset. I- I'm trying to remind myself that uh, I have to be PG um, here as we work for Disney, but yeah. go ahead. Uh, get, well, I, get, unload on me. There's no better guy to talk to about this. The woes of Manchester United, and nobody feels it quite like Mike Trudell does, of course, 
a big Red Devils fan, and I had to ask you about this, Mike. Look, let's start in the Champions League. You know, good first game, no disrespect there. Of course, you get off to a winning start. You're probably in decent shape. You get the draw. It was really drab against Valencia at home. Now, Valencia's a nice team, don't get me wrong, but, Mike, what's going on with this, with Jose Mourinho? I mean, I say it's time to sack this dude. I don't believe that's going to happen, but where are you at with all of this? Let me just take a deep breath. So yeah, take it. Take your time. This is so. Big. Young boys is the squad that we beat in the first game of the Champions Good team. League. Good team in the Swiss League. They really I mean, are. But in in the Swiss League is the proper context uh, to put that in. Okay, yeah. uh, in the Swiss League, you're right. They're fine. But yeah, that whatever. That was a that was a three nil away win. We looked okay. I, On we're the just, turf too. That was an interesting. You know, you played on the artificial surface there. We're just we're so big and so talented that there are some teams that even if they play harder, um, uh, yeah. like th- that, th- that we just will, uh, you know, overcome. But then you follow up that game by drawing Wolves at home mm-hmm. uh, in a really drab, uh, just crap performance. Then moving on to the uh, Carabao Cup, in which Oof. we lost to a championship side, Frankie Lampard's Derby, Dar- Darby, Ex- exactly. yeah, Darby County, Darby County, and that was two two in regulation. Needed a Fellaini uh, desperation head goal, which is yeah. about the only way we can score uh, by, by you know by playing like old school English long ball to Fellaini or Lukaku's heads and then scoring off that. So we lose in penalty kicks there. Uh, Darby, I, I believe, makes eight straight penalties yep. without a single save. Uh, Romero gets sent off. Again, another disaster. And then we <laughs> respond to that by just getting smashed by West Ham. Um, at West Ham, West Ham is fine. Like they're, you know, they're a decent middle, mid table, you know, at times a little bit better, maybe, you know, sort of low end of the top 10 squad. But it's just, and then to go into that game, uh, that home game against Valencia, who's, you know, really a lower end of the table this year in La Liga. Uh, they have some good players for sure. They have some talented players and some good midfielders, but, uh, that's, that's just all. I, I'm trying to talk my way through this game by game to save my actual take, which is just that, like this is the team that I care about as a pure passionate fan, right? It's not like like I cover the Lakers, I cover the Dodgers to an extent, sure. I cover all these teams in LA. United is just all heart and passion, and I just cannot stand the way that we play. So the the usual way that things work with Jose Mourinho is, however he plays, you don't really care because he gets results. He wins. He wins everything. He wins the league. He wins uh, Champions League. He, he wins. And and other than the FA Cup a couple years ago, United hasn't won. And now when you when you take the lack of winning. Mixed with the fact that the style isn't good. And now the players, uh, Dave, this is the real thing. You can see it on their faces, man. They are just, they have no actual interest in being out there because they're so sick of being berated and they don't like the style. It's just, it's, it's so negative and it's, yeah. it's hard for me to pull anything positive out of it. So I'm just trying to figure out when Zinedine Zidane can come in and save us. Mm. Oh, that's very interesting. It's so glad you brought that up. Azizu, of course, leaves Real Madrid after dominating in the Champions League and getting the job done. Nobody necessarily thought he was going to be there forever, but maybe leaving a little earlier than people had anticipated potentially with as much success as he had. Is that like your dream guy? I mean, I love what he does as a manager, Mike. I think he would be a perfect fit. So... He is one of my favorite players ever, and oh, yeah. that's the first thing. And that was right when I was growing up, France uh, World Cup 98, 
Uh, just uh, just such an amazing player. Uh, the way that he distributed the ball, the touch that he had on the ball, the, the uh, just just such a unique style. Uh, kind of like he had the toughness of Roy Keane, but then the skill of like Thierry Henry. He, uh, he just had this this crazy mix uh, for Zidane. So I mean, his style as a manager. I don't know. It, the, the one thing that I keep coming back to though, look at the Premier League. Look at how City plays uh, under Pep Guardiola. Uh, look at how Klopp has Liverpool playing. They are flying, Dave. They're 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 open. It's yeah. passing. It's free flow it's talent everywhere first team to five goals wins yeah, yeah and, I mean, and it's, it's just incredible to be i'm sure for, for these have to be the glory days for those uh for fans of those clubs not only do they get to see their team playing with that style and having so much fun but then they're watching united stuck in the mud <laughs> parking the bus half the time playing head balls and, and and then having them all apparently hate each other yeah. you know the way that they look at each other and so it's just i i i don't know who that guy like i don't know if Zidane is quite going to come in and match that total style of a Guardiola, but but he's I don't know. There's just there's something about him in that that kind of the genius qua like that that I want uh, in there and, and to come back into United. I don't know. At the same time, there's part of me that's thinking, well, wait, mate, what about like what about Roy Keane? You know, what about Ryan Giggs? I'm going back to the United Glory days, and I know that's yeah. dangerous to do. Like if I were if I were doing this in the NBA, right, that would be a dangerous thing to be to be thinking about your like the former players you love taking over. And that's the level that I don't, as a as a pure fan, I don't know enough to say who's the next coach that's really or skipper that's going to come in and play the the absolute right style that also has the gravitas to get the best players in the world to come to the team, mm-hmm. which is David. It's, it's a bigger deal, right? All right, well, let me do this way then. Let me do yeah. it this way. You're the manager, Mike Trudell. This is and this is the question I have. It kind of, I don't believe the roster is. All there either. Now that's not to say that Jose Mourinho isn't to blame. He is. I, sh- I would, I would sack him immediately. But you're the manager now, Mike. You take over. How many of, let's say, the starting 11 who started against Valencia, or roughly the guys that you believe are the starting 11, how many of them would you replace if, if the Glazers said, Mike, you got as much money as you want. Go buy anybody you want in the world. And anybody's available to you, Mike, essentially. How many of the starting 11 would you replace from, uh, from Man United right now? That's, that's one of my problems with this yeah, team. That's it's fair. I, at least half. I mean, yes. at least at least half. I there are you know like I, Lukaku is is fine. Let's okay? work through it. Lukaku. Yeah. Uh, you keep Pogba, although he is kind of an enigma yes. at times. Although he's a world champion now. So keep Pogba. Uh, uh, keep Lingard. De Gea. Keep, you probably keep De Gea. Course, you know. Keep uh, keep Rashford. Uh, Maybe but, Alexis Sanchez. Just no, because, he's been garbage. Yeah, I mean, he hasn't been playing well for Man United. I mean, he, you know, yeah. you keep Nemanja Matic. I mean, uh, Matt, yeah, Mat, yeah, yeah, Matic is fine. I mean, I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't necessarily count on starting him every game, but he's yeah. fine to have I on think the if side. If you replace him, you're in good shape. Yeah, you know, if he's a bench player, you're in. Great I mean, shape. I'm good with Valencia. Uh, I mean, I. I'm trying but to see. Think. You know, he didn't mention. He didn't mention virtually any defenders. No, yeah, the, I mean, the, and that's that's where I mean. Eric Bailly at times has been good. At times, yeah. not. He's had trouble staying fit. Smalling has had his moments, but it's but it's had his struggles as well. So I definitely need a new center back. Uh, that that I can. Mourinho to you know. I don't want to say to his credit, but he did want one. Yes, he wanted absolutely. another center back. And I probably I li- actually like Luke Shaw. I think Luke Shaw's he's been a he's bright fine. spot this year. Yeah, he's, he's been fine. a bright spot. But even like Fellaini, who's played well. I, I don't know that you're like you're going to rely on him no, to he, win the well, Champions League. No, no. Or, you know, Fellaini is Fellaini for for me is great as a sub because he can come on and totally change the game, totally change the style. You know, if nothing else is working, he'll win you every header. Like he always is in the yeah. mix. Uh, he'll tackle somebody. So I, I like Fellaini not for ninety minutes, uh, but I like Fellaini for a little bit. And I feel the same way about like Juan Mata. Like we have a lot of really good players, uh, but the but but you know when you look at yeah. like Manchester City or Liverpool's roster, you know it's already that that 
that I'm envious, and exactly. and, I sh- and I shouldn't be, Dave, because I am no. a red devil. Okay, well, but I like in Marijuana Fellini a guy who he helps Portland, he helps the Trailblazers immensely, but not really the Lakers. You know what I mean? Like that's the kind of guy that Fellini is. Certainly can be a very successful Premier League player or play in any league in the world. Just not necessarily going to take you where you really want to go. And again, he's played well this year, ironically. One of the, I like, you know, but a guy like Marcus Rashford needs to keep, you know, getting right. better. And, and are we really seeing that, you know? And this is why I like the idea of Zidane because if he comes in, he's bringing a couple of big stars with him. True. You know, yeah. now I don't know if it's Tony Cruz and I don't know how the money all works out. And you, we, like we've seen all those demands. Like he's like, if I take the job, it'll be because this player, this player comes, but mm-hmm. he's got enough gravitas where, you know, you sign him, you give him the checkbook. He, he gives you a couple players that he wants to fit into the side. He tells you which players that he likes on United. You know, I'm fine with that. And I also think he immediately sort of calms Pogba and gets the best out of Pogba, who, who still is a top 10 talent in the world. I mean, we saw it in the World Cup. It's just that it clearly, there's something about, and I, he takes some blame for this, Dave. Like, I don't, anytime a player struggles under a specific manager, like, like you could not get Kobe or LeBron to play yeah. poorly. I don't yeah. care who the coach was because he was still going to do his thing. And I, so I do blame a, Pogba a bit for that. Sure, sure. Uh, but uh, I more blame the manager, and that's and that's fair. the that's the thing that I'm. Well, that's and, where we'll end it with the great Mike Trudell, who's certainly a top ten talent. Mike, always a pleasure to talk the world's game with you. And unfortunately, at this time, having to talk a little bit of a struggle for Man United, but I promise. We'll bring Mike back when, not if, Man United correct the ship here and Manchester United get going this season. Mike, thanks so much for taking the time, buddy. Appreciate it, man. All right. I hope I didn't sound too sad. Uh, We will be back. Glory, glory, Man United. Soccer Weekly. I am Dave Denholm, and you are listening to the home of world football, ESPNLA 710. Soccer Weekly, ESPNLA 710. I am Dave Denholm, hanging out with you. We roll on as we do each and every week here on ESPNLA 710. It is time now. For the LA Care Health Report, the health report on Soccer Weekly, sponsored by LA Care, is the nation's largest community-inspired health plan. LA Care is elevating health care in the city of angels. LA Care, for all of LA, lacare.org. It is a bit of a uh, tougher spot for LAFC injury-wise of late. Aaron Kovar still struggling with the knee. Danilo Silva with the right hamstring. And Latif Blessing, who missed the game against Chicago with a left hip flexor strain. Those are some issues, certainly, that LAFC has to keep an eye on. I mean, that just definitely challenges your depth even further as the season gets later and later into it. For LA Galaxy, pretty good injury news. Gio Dos Santos still kind of struggling with an undisclosed injury officially, according to MLSsoccer.com. But, yeah, he's just been out. But otherwise, pretty healthy for the Galaxy as they try to make their charge towards the playoffs. That is your LA care health report. Now, as we look at the U.S. men's national team, I promise to talk a little bit about this roster that came out. They're going to be playing Colombia in Tampa and Peru in Connecticut coming up in a little more in a week for the first one on October 11th and then the 16th. So uh, the Thursday and then five days later in uh, against Peru in East Hartford. And you look at this roster and, you know, I got to tell you, the more I look at the U.S. men's national team as we try to move forward, I just, I mean, there are some guys I am super excited for, and then you're looking at the rest and you're just like, eh, that's not a great mix. I'm not going to lie. Now, I'm not saying these guys aren't good players, or, but there are guys I'm super excited for for the future. Now, a bit of news, Borussia Dortmund came out and said to Christian Pulisic, who missed the Champions League match against Monaco, uh, he misses because he's got a muscle tear in his calf, fibers that are torn, and a muscle fiber tear, according to 
Borussia Dortmund's website. So they're talking about he's going to miss the Champions League match and the Bundesliga home game on Saturday against FC Augsburg. Now, this certainly puts into peril Pulisic, Pulisic's uh, performance possibly for the U.S. National League. He's on the roster, but with this injury, I don't think he'd want to chance that. I'm you know, not saying officially. Nobody's saying officially. I can't imagine he's going to play, in my opinion, for the U.S. in those games. So, of course, I'm super pumped about Christian Pulisic's future with the U.S. men's national team. He's one guy, no doubt. Josh Sargent, for me, is looking fantastic for Werder Bremen, playing with their U23 team, and he's also he's going to get a big big look for Werder Bremen in the Bundesliga. Josh Sargent is good. Tim Weah for PSG, no doubt. This kid loaded with talent. These are guys I'm super pumped about, and you should be. Tyler Adams. Even Kellen Acosta, I still think he's got a really bright future. And then you're looking around, and you know I'm not, I'm not saying these guys aren't decent, but am I supposed to get super excited about, I don't know, Andrea Novakovic? I mean, he's all right. I'm, that's fine. Will Trap, eh. Bobby Wood, well, you know, I don't know. I'm not uh, loving this. Mix of the rosters, you know, the roster going forward. I know guys are still getting a look. We're a long way off. I get it. But I just feel like this team should be more dynamic. This country should be further along. Now, of course, we just missed the World Cup. I get it. We're in flux. But a lot of that comes down to coaching. And Ernie Stewart, the general manager for the U.S. men's national team, I can't believe we have to say that. That's kind of ridiculous. Still hasn't picked a head coach. I would like to get that solved, wouldn't you? So the head coach can really start studying. I'm hopeful, and I mean no disrespect to any of these candidates who do know MLS. I'm hopeful that the next guy they hire doesn't really know our player pool yet. Yet. Which is why I want him hired as soon as possible so he can start learning it. And the reason I say I'm hopeful that he doesn't know the player pool yet is that means it's somebody right, who doesn't have that stain of U.S. soccer on him or doesn't have the preconceived notions about players who are already in our pool. I would like a very, very good, very experienced, world-class manager to come in and not really be sure who some of these guys are as players. He might have heard of them, of course. These are still names that are out there. Got a lot of these guys play in Europe. I'm sure the new manager will have heard of all, but I want him to really not be sure about some of these players as, you know, na- international players themselves. You get what I'm saying? I want a guy coming in. Again, probably not going to happen. There are some favorites for Ernie Stewart, I think. And if I'm guessing, a lot of those have American ties already or are already American coaches. And hopefully whoever he hires is a rousing success. Just not the way I would go. No disrespect to some of those guys. I do like Greg Burhalter. I really do. I think he's a really smart guy, really good coach. But I just want to go. I want to shoot for the moon here. I want to let's arms. Let's you know ramp this up. And it just doesn't feel like that. And this roster doesn't feel like that. Now maybe you're looking at me and telling me, or you're listening and you're saying, Denholm, that's where we're at. That's why we're not any good yet. Now, we're all right. But I'm just not loving the mix of this. We'll see how it plays out in the future. 
but I'm not in love with this roster. Now, more from the Champions League. Some good results over the few days that I was watching this most recent round of Champions League play. But, you know, again, we've already talked about Man United. I love what Dortmund did without Pulisic, getting the nice win at home against Monaco. you got to take care of business. Napoli getting the late Insignia goal to beat Liverpool in what was otherwise a bit of a drab game. But, I mean, Barcelona, holy cow. I mean, there's a dude named Lionel Messi that just will not stop being the best player in the world. He just won't stop being the best soccer player in the world. He can't stop. Two more goals. He's got five in the first two Champions League games. PSG dominates Zervena Zavedza, or as I like to call him, Red Star Belgrade. Neymar picks up three goals. and I mean, brilliant performances all the way around. And then in Tuesday's matches, of course, we talked about the dreadful Man United, but Juventus, Dybala getting the hat trick without Ronaldo being around. City go on the road at Hoffenheim. That was kind of a that was a tough game. The early goals, and then Silva wins it with a late one. I thought Hoffenheim. I love Oliver Baumann, their goalkeeper for Hoffenheim. He's really good, and I like Hoffenheim. They play a good style. I kind of dig them. City just had a little too much in the end. I love the Lyon and Shakhtar Donetsk game. Donetsk is just good. They really. Are. I mean, Lyon had to battle back with two late goals to get a draw, and then CSKA Moscow pull out a surprise over Real Madrid. The second-minute second, second minute goal from Vlasic holds up. So it was really an interesting day in the Champions League. But again, it comes down to that Man United stuff. And, you know, you hear us talking about it. I just I think it's time to go for Jose Mourinho. I really do. Now, that's not to say that's the end-all, be-all. But, man, it is ugly. You know what's not ugly? It's the greatest segment in all of radio. It's stoppage time. What's going on? As always, stop, it's time. Brought to you by our friends at Puente Hill Chevy. Find new roads at Puente Hill Chevy off the 60 freeway in the city of industry. The San Gabriel Valley Chevy store. Say habla espanol. And the host of Stoppage Time, the producer of this show, the great Mario Rees. Mario, welcome, baby. Thank you, Dave. What's good, you, my man? Uh, you know, I don't know what you just said, but uh, I'm good. Thanks. How are you, Dave? Oh, I'm not old. <laughs> I'm not young enough for to know what in the world you just said. You see, Mario Rees is cool. Oh, I'm just like, what? What's good on you? What's good to you? What did you just say? <laughs> I said, what's goody? Oh, okay. Talk me through that. Okay, that's what that means. Gotcha. <laughs> All right, Dave. So we got another story here of a player getting in trouble for liking stuff on Instagram. Sweet uh, mercy. Last week. Coming, we had, uh, yeah, a regular feature here. Yeah, we had one last week. Now we got one this week here. We got Manchester United's Antonio Valencia has apologized for liking an Instagram post that suggested Man U manager Josie Mourinho should be sacked. <laughs> <laughs> Valencia appeared to support a post which said it's time for Mourinho to go. This was following the nil-nil Champions League draw with Valencia on Tuesday night. Dave, what well, advice Mario, do you have me, for me, these guys? Real quick, Mario. I mean, I'm not saying this is what happened, but have you ever accidentally liked something on Instagram or, or Twitter? Yes, I have. I, I have. I hate when I do that. I know. And, but, you know, you try to go back and, like, immediately unlike it, but you yeah. do, it does happen sometimes. Especially when you're snooping on somebody else's yeah, exactly. IG <laughs> account. And I'm sure, like, I'm sure I've actually accidentally done it and then not fixed it. Now, I'm not saying that's what happened to Valencia, <laughs> right? Yeah. But that is at least a possibility. Like, you're just reading something and you're Oh, very of, much so. You know, yeah. even stuff that I've hated when I've read it, I've actually accidentally hit the heart, you know, on Twitter or something. Right. And you're like, oh, no, that's, you know, I hate this post, but... Uh, you know, you accidentally hit it. So I'm not saying that's what happened, but it is possible. However, 
it's funny that he's apologizing. I mean, he has to apologize, right? I mean, you, you can't be doing this stuff. These guys got to pay attention, you know? Yeah, he said, yesterday I like to post on Instagram without reading the text that accompanied the picture. <laughs> These are not my views, and I apologize for this. I am fully supportive of the manager and my teammates. We are all giving our everything to improve the results. All right, I'm going to be naive. I have, I've, I've hit like just by looking at a picture on Instagram or, fa- or Twitter yes, without me reading too. it. And then unliked it maybe if i read something that i didn't agree with you know but yeah i I could actually see that happening so i'm gonna give antonio valencia a pass on this one mario me too everybody back off valencia this has (laughs) happened to all of us don't worry isn't it funny on social media how we're so willing to destroy other people for doing stuff we probably have done oh yeah exactly you know we just don't want to admit it or get caught doing you know Mm -hmm. and we're just ready to destroy him for doing that and mock him when you've probably done it yourself. I know so, I have. Yeah, I mean, let's just uh, let's give the guy a break over that one. Everybody so. chill. Come on. Good stuff, Mario, Thank as you. always, brother. I uh, really appreciate it. He is the great Mario. He is the producer of the show. Thanks so much to everybody working behind the scenes who are always so great. Michael Funches, Steve Paylett, Jesse Lopez, all the gang at ESPN LA 710. Adam Bronstein, really appreciate all his hustle, as always, for the show as well. I am Dave Denholm. You have been listening to Soccer Weekly. Don't forget, Check us out on Twitter. Follow the show there, at Talk Soccer. That's my uh, Twitter, and I uh, update you everything. I also send out links immediately or as fast as I can to the podcast, which you can find at the ESPN Pod Center or go to iTunes and search Soccer Weekly. Don't forget, subscribe, rate, and review. Mario got my first one-star review the other day. What? Nice. Yeah. Didn't kill me. Right? You know, I'm still here. It's fine. I can take it. You know, we're in radio. We get criticized every day. It's okay if you don't like the show. That's fine. What do you tell them, though? Go tell a friend, right? If you don't like it, go tell a friend. If you like it, tell a friend. If you hate the show, tell an enemy to listen. Or tell two friends. Yeah, then you're getting back at them. Yep. And I still get the listeners. So if you hate it, that's fine. This is Soccer Weekly. We're always having fun here. On the home of world football in Southern California, this is ESPN LA 710.